Blog Talk Radio. Effectively, 
if we learn to, uh, you know, uh, if we learn to define ourselves by our message and our and our words and our voice, and if we learn to ally ourselves with those that, um, you know, are are in tune with that message, I believe there's no end to what we can accomplish. I believe that wars have been won and lost um, because of or in spite of uh, communication, and I believe that. Uh, communication can heal everything, and I believe that if we if we believe and if we act on a message that involves humanity and love, and maybe that's it. What if what if everything we did um, involved humanity and love? I, I believe if we could communicate that, you know, I come in peace. I come I come to you with love. Who would be against me? Right. Who would who would not want that? Mm. Okay, but look at the world. Look at look at the problems that we have. And so, um, anyhow, that is what this show's about. Today we have a lot to talk about. Uh, the Walk for Change is about a hundred days away from launching. We have a big town hall virtual meeting that is um, a little more than a week away from from happening. We have uh, activities starting to uh, happen again, economies opening back up. And, oh, yeah, there's protests all over the world. Um, oh, yeah, a lot of people have woken up and decided that maybe there are some changes that need to be made. And I want to talk about that some. Um, and, and we have a guest today, David Bass from the Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana um, he's going to be joining us, and he's waiting in the waiting room right now. We'll bring him up very shortly. Generally, I take a couple of minutes to just kind of talk and to, um, you know, give you guys a, a, a sense of why I'm here. You know, why would I do a show every week that nobody gets paid for, that we don't really have sponsors of, um, that we we do because I think it's important. Um, I believe it's it's about... Uh, empowering and communicating and raising people up, raising up leaders. Um, with all the events that are happening from COVID to the, the Black Lives Matters, uh, I don't necessarily just want to call it a movement, but the specific actions that have been happening focused on that. Um, all of these uh, demands that are being made of society and of our leadership um, there's a lot of people involved right now, a lot of youngsters involved. I, I had all but given up on the millennials, and I I mean that. Unfortunately, I work with a lot of youngsters, and I'm just like, really? Do you guys not have anything to bring to the table, like nothing? And, and well, it's not true. Some of them do. <coughs> but what I'm noticing is now there are a lot of youngsters out there and I'm looking at the faces in the protests. I'm looking at the places that they're protesting. I'm looking mm -hmm. at the messaging that they're bringing. And I'm seeing a lot of children. I'm seeing a lot of parents that are bringing their young children especially, which is powerful to me. When I was fighting my battle um, at the courthouse, I, I welcomed children. My grandchildren were there. and My children were there mm -hmm. all fighting for their grandpa and their father who was fighting for his freedom. 
And and every time I saw a child, I, it, it just raised me up. I said, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm fighting. And I believe it's important for us to remember that, you know, uh, we we don't just live here and now. We live in a legacy world. Our, our moment here on this earth is going to be gone in a breath. And what did we do? What did we leave behind? How did we change this? What did we do? And our children have all those answers. And so when we have children that are starting to step up and, and realize that they are the key to this. They are the ones that are going to make the changes um, if they learn how, if they feel empowered, if they if they feel that they can. So um, that, that's really great. So I, if you're new to the idea of, of uh, peaceful protest, obviously I'm only talking about the peaceful protest. Everything else is an abomination um, of that. A peaceful protest is our strength, it's our power, our ability to get out there and not cause harm and not cause damage and let our voice be heard and known and, and be that immovable object is our strength. And when we start to become violent and, and destructive, we become weak. We, we become able to become a target. We become able to be labeled as the enemy. And it's important to remember that. So when I see all these people out there, and I know that there's a lot of them that have never done this before. I, I am watching people that are out there protesting for their first time for anything. And for that, I salute you. I salute you for getting out there and doing it. Maybe you did it because it's cool. So what? Maybe you did it because you are moved in your heart. Awesome. Maybe you did it because somebody coaxed you to. Well, good for them. Yeah. You know, all of those reasons are good reasons, and it really doesn't matter why you're there, but that you're there. So anybody who's new to this, um, you know, I salute you. If you have become aware of some of the social problems that are all around us all the time and have been forever and from time immortal, and for whatever reason that these actions that are happening right now brought awareness to you. There are people that live in a, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a bubble. They just don't have any idea that these kinds of problems are real. And, you know, it's weird. I mean, I, I understand from a point of view how to not understand that there's these problems. Because if you go through your life and you have a good heart and you're not raised with hate, and you're not taught that there's hatred out there that's based on narrow points of view, right. then what do you know? Right. You just know you go to the schoolyard, you play with your friends. And you don't, you know, whatever, we don't all look the same, so what? We're all friends. We don't, people with good hearts don't necessarily mm -hmm. see that. And there are people like that. And that's the thing that I, I get a little conflicted about because people with good hearts, and I happen to know because I have one, and I grew up that way, and I, I, I can remember when I became aware of the problems of racism, and I was like, what? <laughs> and, like, really, I, I got confused. I didn't understand, you know, what, what's wrong with you people? Even that, uh, as a child when I kind of got kind of brought to my attention. But I can understand how somebody who, who didn't grow up with it or didn't have it um, embedded with them in their minds and their hearts they weren't raised with it to just be oblivious to it. Because yeah. if you don't see it, how do you know? 
And then you flip that coin to so many people who have lived it and suffered it and, and have it, – it's so powerful and so harmful and so mm. destructive and so, you know, just – I mean, I've, I've seen the – I've felt it, you know, mm. and – and to sit there and see that, and you go, wow, how do these two things happen in the same place, in the same world with the same people? And so so to anybody who has become aware of these problems, uh, maybe in a deeper level, uh, and have decided to be moved to act, I salute you. I believe that uh, maybe that's, that's what makes this work, yeah. is that, you know, some people are going, whoa, uh, this is a real deal. And then for those of you who've been doing this for your life, I know people who have made a life's work of trying to change the world. And, and, you know, anybody who knows me knows that for me it's not about any one of these issues. You know, it's about all of these issues together. That's what Walk for Change is about. Of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, cannabis should just be a plant. Of course, and I can go on and on and on. All of these things are absolutely huge, big, gigantic problems, elephants, whales in the room but what about how we behave shouldn't that matter shouldn't good behavior matter why don't we just do that why don't we just be loving to each other that would matter i mean i guess that would fix all of it huh maybe it's too simple for everybody but for those of you who've just been out there living your life trying to make the change the the kind parent who took aside the wayward child and said son you got to get yourself on the right path. To the one who stood up and, and, and helped the kid being bullied and said, hey, you know, back off, or, or whatever. The one who decided to stand up and take their case to trial because it was wrong of them to, to you know, call you a criminal for that thing you did or didn't do. Uh, to those that have stood and protested and, and, and have voted and have participated and have run for office, you know, we have people on the line right now that are running for office. They're taking that step. We, we need those people to do these things, and and it's so important. So for all of you who've been living this and doing this, I salute you. And especially, and I think that this is important, because I don't know that we're going to have another Martin Luther King Jr. in the world. I don't know that we're going to have another Gandhi in the world. I don't know you know, that when Jesus Christ comes back to this land that we're going to recognize him for who he is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's going to be another big leader. I don't know if there's going to be another Abraham Lincoln or go on and on and on. But I know that there's a lot of leaders out there, and I know that there are people who care about doing things right, and they're doing it right enough that people are listening to them and they're, and they're willing to work with them. That's what leadership's about. Leadership's about your influence, your ability to communicate and to rally people together, to create teams. To you, the leaders, to the pastors, to the to the the, the teachers, to the to the to those that show up day in and day out. You're the people that we need to stand together. And and for those of you who are working together and I'm seeing evidence of that. I'm seeing leaders of 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 groups getting together and coming up with a plan. Stay the course, folks. Please, we need that. That's what we need. All right, well, that is um, my little opening salvo. Um, I want to introduce my co-host here. I've got Carol Early with me. Carol Early is a dear friend. I feel, you know, I've only known her for about a year or so, and I feel like we, we, we're 
like like our families grew up together, and and um, we just have a kindred spirit. We we yeah. feel uh, so much the same about so many things, and. Carol is a member of the Human Solution International. Yes, Carol is a sponsor and uh, somebody that's working behind the scenes to help make the Walk for Change be all that it can be. And uh, we're working together on a on a, 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 a business project and and a number of things. So um, she just happened to be by today, and I said, "Hey, you want to <laughs> come and help me run the show today?" So absolutely. Anyhow. Um, Welcome Hello, to the show, and uh, it's, it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here, Joe. Hello. Wonderful. Great so show. we are going to bring up David Bass, and uh, David was scheduled to be here a few weeks back, and uh, here we are. We've got David uh, with the Texas Veteran for Medical Marijuana, and uh, David, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Well, we're connecting. There we go. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate being on today. Well, you know, um, I have personally um, supported veterans most of my life. I have a family that uh, has lived here in these United States since before they were these United States. And I have family members that have fought in every, every war America's been in from the Revolutionary War on to the current present conflicts. I'm not a veteran, and because of that, I've been kind of shunned by the veterans groups, and I've been trying for many years to connect myself with veterans groups so that we can work together and, and, and help each other out. And more and more recently, uh, we're connecting with more and more uh, individuals and groups. So when I heard about you and your organization, I thought, well, here's a shot. Let's Give it a go. So uh, welcome aboard. I'm glad to be here. So why don't you tell us a little about yourself and about your group? Well, my name is uh, Dave Bass, and I'm the director of veteran outreach for Texas Normal. Uh, Texas Normal works to legalize marijuana in Texas, and I'm the founder of Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana, uh, which is not an organization, it's a movement of veterans in Texas. Uh, and so if a veteran in Texas is for medical marijuana, uh, then they're one of us. And uh, we work together uh, and we advocate for medical marijuana because we believe that it's good medicine uh, for the medical conditions uh, that veterans deal with, uh, which is primarily chronic pain from injuries and post-traumatic stress disorder uh, from being in combat zones and the terrible experiences there. Yeah, you know, it's a, it, it's a wild thing. If, if somebody has not been through a traumatic experience, and, you know, I've been through some traumatic experiences, but I've never been shot at and I've never been in a place where people were actively trying to cause physical harm to each other in a really destructive way, and I couldn't even imagine what that would be like, and yet there are tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of veterans that have that have survived, um, you know, active combat, and they come back, and I don't care who you are, I don't care where you've been or what, you, what, what you're made of, it's, it's changed you, 
and and probably not for the better. And you know, to deal with these things, um, my experience working with a lot of veterans over the years, I have a lot of friends that are veterans, is that they get you guys get put on a number of different pharmaceutical cocktails, and um, you know, one thing causes a problem, and another thing causes another problem, and you end up with this just huge amount of, of uh, pharmaceutical drugs interacting with each other and, and generally not not causing a good relief without a huge amount of side effects. And then when they come to find out that they try cannabis, and I've had a number of them that have gotten off of, you know, 13, 22, 18, however many pharmaceutical drugs using cannabis alone, and then the VA comes to find out about it, and then they cut you off of whatever that one medicine you needed um, for pain or for whatever the problem was because they found out you were using the cannabis. Is that is that close to some experience you've had? Yes, and uh, if you can see this uh, artwork behind me, uh, the uh, soldiers trapped inside a pill bottle. Yes. Uh, that artwork is by a veteran uh, who served in the Texas National Guard, and his name is Malachi Muncy, uh, and he deployed twice to the combat zone. Uh, and uh, when he returned, he had PTSD, uh, and he created this artwork of a, sol a toy soldier uh, trapped inside a pillbox. And uh, when I came back from Iraq in uh, 2000. Uh, I was there in 2004, 2005 with the 1st Cavalry Division. Uh, I had some strange symptoms. Um, I had nightmares. Uh, I was uh, hypervigilant, uh, paranoid. I had anger outbursts. Uh, and um, I was getting ready to retire from the Army. Uh, and I felt like I should not go out into the civilian world with these symptoms to the, uh, the mental health clinic at uh, Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, I live very, just outside the gates of Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, and a uh, psychologist and a psychiatrist uh, diagnosed me with uh, PTSD. They said, uh, Major Bass, uh, the symptoms that you're having uh, is what we call post-traumatic stress disorder. And the uh, psychiatrist immediately that very day uh, prescribed me psychotropic medications. And I had never taken uh, psychotropic medications or, or ever thought that I would be a person who would take uh, psychotropic medication. And I was also uh, being prescribed opioids for chronic pain uh, from injuries I received on active duty with the Army. And so now, all of a sudden, uh, I'm taking uh, opioids every day and psychotropic medications every day. Wow. And uh, I... I did not like the effects, the, the side effects of those medications. You can read right there. Uh, they give you your bottle of pills, and they give you a piece of paper, and you can look at the side effects, uh, and, and no one uh, should, should have to experience those side effects. And so uh, this was, uh, I retired in 2006, and uh, for several years I took the, these medications uh, every day, um, and and the, the, uh, after two years, I asked my uh, VA psychiatrist, I said, how, how much longer am I going to have to take these uh, psychotropic pills? 
And he said, well, we're not even going to talk about uh, you uh, quitting them uh, for two more years, right? And uh, and so I, I was starting to feel uh, pretty desperate. I, I really didn't like the side effects. I had become very dependent on the opioids. And so I started um, looking around on the Internet for alternatives, uh, and I discovered these two words that I'd never seen together before, which was medical and marijuana. And so I knew what marijuana was, but I didn't know what medical marijuana was. What year was this that you discovered this? 2012. Okay. And so uh, in 2012, I was able to start using cannabis, uh, and it was uh, medical-grade cannabis. And I would use just a small amount uh, every evening after my day's work was done, and I would vaporize it. I went and purchased a PAX vaporizer. Uh, I'm not a paid spokesperson for PAX, but it's a damn good vaporizer. <laughs> I'm still using it today, eight years later. Um, and so I would I would uh, vaporize one half gram of cannabis every evening before bed. Uh, and and at the end, and I would do that faithfully every evening. Uh, and by the end of 2012, I had stopped using opioids and I had stopped using psychotropic medication. Right. So I, I knew it worked. That, that was the proof right there. And so that's when I became a marijuana activist. In December 2012, I, I drove to Austin and went into the Flamingo Cantina, uh, the reggae club there in Austin, and I, where, where Texas Normal has their meetings. Uh, and I joined Texas Normal and became a marijuana activist because I wanted to tell other veterans uh, about uh, this, this medicine, this natural medicine, and what it had done for me. Now, uh, at one point, you met Candace Dyer. How did that? How did you end up meeting her? Well, over the years, uh, there, there's many different uh, uh, marijuana activist groups in Texas uh, because uh, Texas is. Uh, controlled by some real hard-headed politicians. And so... Apparently, there's a number of states 
that are that are just in that same category. Yes, and it's on purpose because it leaves the power in the hands of a few very powerful people. And when the Democrats had power in Texas, they would change it. And when the Republicans got power in Texas, they won't change it either. Right. And so both political parties do not want to give uh, the people of Texas that right. And so we have, we have to go to the Capitol. Do you, do, you mean, what, do you mean that maybe both of these parties are kind of actually the same? I don't know. I'm just, like, just thinking well, wild maybe, right now. <laughs> but when, it, when it comes to cannabis, we know that every single president, both Democrat and Republican have been prohibitionists. Uh, we really thought that uh, President Obama would help us uh, legalize marijuana because in high school he used marijuana. Yep. And uh, and he knows, and he became the president of the United States, right? Yep. So don't tell me that cannabis rocked your mind <laughs> because uh, Barack Obama uh, lived in Hawaii and, and used cannabis in high school. And uh, and he became president of the United States, and yep. so we were very disappointed. Carry a pretty good conversation too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, and so, but the same for the Republicans. And so um, we we, uh, we need a, a president that will help balance. And yeah. so both parties have uh, kept marijuana illegal, uh, and have not been uh, have been willing to legalize marijuana even when they had all the power. The Democrats had all the power. They didn't legalize marijuana. The Republicans have all the power. They don't legalize marijuana. Indeed. Uh, and so we, we have to deal with both of the parties on this, on this issue. And in, in Texas, uh, we're making progress with some very conservative Republicans uh, who are finally acknowledging uh, that that the issue of cannabis uh, is, is uh, has to do with the Republican idea of keeping the federal government out of our personal life. Exactly. And so Republicans in Texas who really believe that important Republican idea are coming over to our side. Good. Uh, so we're making progress uh, with the Democrats and the Republicans in Texas. Well, that's fantastic. It seems like a no-brainer to me, but, you know, you just you, you keep finding resistance everywhere you go. So um, what's, what's, what's your latest plan of all of this uh, – Activity that's been going on in Texas in the last few weeks. Uh, how do you do? You feel that that's going to have an impact on getting people to participate in the system and 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 start to get more involved? Maybe run for office or or maybe uh, you know making making demands for some real major social changes. Well, you know um, George Floyd uh, was from Houston and his family lives in Houston, and so. Uh, uh, George Floyd was murdered right in front of us. We, we all we all saw the murder. Uh, so there's no mystery to the case. Uh, we know a murder happened, and we all witnessed. Uh, and so uh, people in Houston, of course, are are, are grieving uh, that this uh, member of their community was murdered in Minnesota, and that uh, we've had uh, a huge demonstrations. And so my message. Uh, and, and cannabis activist message uh, to our police in in Texas is this: uh, our gra- our greatest obstacle in Texas are the law enforcement associations and the police unions because they have so much power over our politicians. And so every single time that a legislator 
are the law enforcement associations because they arrest 80,000 Texans every year for possessing marijuana, and 95% of those are an ounce or less, uh, and black people are arrested totally disproportionate to the the number of people who actually use cannabis. And so we know that there's a racial element to this in Texas. And so uh, we, our message, uh, uh, our next legislative session that uh, convenes in January 2021, and for the next several months leading up to the session, our message to to law enforcement is, if you want to have better relations, if you truly want to have better relations with the communities that you serve, then stop arresting us for possessing a plant. That would go a long way uh, toward helping police and community relations in Texas. Indeed. So um, as you've been walking or or working with uh, um, some of these other groups, um, I know that, you know, in working with, with Candace particularly, have you become aware of our effort uh, to make some major changes, including ending cannabis prohibition um, and criminal justice reform and so many others um, by marching across these United States um, upcoming in September with our Walk for Change? Have you become aware of that? Yes, because uh, Candace is making us all aware Wonderful. of that. <laughs> so Wonderful. We are, we're very aware of it. Wonderful. And this is making sure we know about it. Good, good, good. Well, what are your thoughts about it? Do you think uh, that's something you can get behind? Well, I, I am. Uh, I myself am very happy uh, to see so many young people out on the street uh, and, and people of all generations out on the street uh, talking about uh, justice reform, criminal justice reform. And so I believe that any effort uh, that moves us toward justice, in Texas and the whole United States it is worth the effort because we could all just say the heck with it and sit on our couch and watch TV all day, or we can get out there on the street and, and make change happen. So you guys are getting out on the street. You're going to make some change happen. Indeed. Well, David, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And uh, if somebody wants to, to, uh, work with you or get involved with uh, your efforts, how would somebody get a hold of you? My email is Dave, D-A-V-E, at TexasNormal, N-O-R-M-L dot org, Dave at TexasNormal dot org, uh, and our uh, Facebook page is Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana, uh, and uh, we hope to uh, meet a lot of new veterans uh, between now and January when we'll be back up to the Capitol, along with all the other cannabis act- activists, including uh, Candace and uh, uh, all the other great uh, marijuana activists in Texas. We're like a tribe. You know? We gather at the Capitol every, every two years and, and work for justice. And so uh, we're, we're excited about the 87th Texas legislature, uh, and we're going to try to legalize marijuana in Texas uh, in 2021. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, David. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your message, and I uh, look forward to working with you. All right. All right. See you all down you. the road. You bet. Thank you so much. David Bass, folks, uh, Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana. All right. Thank you. You betcha. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an important thing right now. We've got all these groups 
that are working on a number of different efforts. And a lot of times these efforts are um, narrowly focused. Um, a lot of people have a routine that they, um, you know, have gotten into coming out every year, every two years. We go to this thing, we go to that thing. Um, I think that it's important, especially right now, you know, to maybe if we can uh, take a minute, take a take an effort, take take some time, take some thought to connect with other like-minded individuals and, and, and looking for those people that are motivated. And, um, you know, I, I have guests on this show every week generally, um, usually somebody who in some way is not only connected with our efforts, um, in some way, you know, these efforts are big where the Walk for Change is not just about cannabis, but certainly is about cannabis. It's not just about criminal justice reform, but it certainly is about criminal justice reform. It's not just about ecological issues, but it certainly is about ecological issues. And, and it goes on and on and on. And it certainly is about social equality. You know, it, 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 it dumbfounds me that anybody could think, number one, that we're socially equal. Because when you look at the way the world has always worked, there's been those in power and everybody else. It's always been that way. So to think that we're equal on any level is ridiculous. But to think that we can't and shouldn't be equal is equally as ridiculous. You know, to me it's like, okay, we got all that, right? Like my thinking is the government told us we all had to stay home because of COVID. Well, many of us are small business owners that don't have a giant um, uh, benefits package, don't have a, a parachute of any kind. We don't have anything to back us up if we're not working. Um, my thought was, okay, well, I tell you what, if this is so important, then every elected official should do the same and not get paid, lose your benefits, and you, we're, we're all stay at home. Yep. Put your damn mask on and stay home because that's what's important. But that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. That's not what happened at all. In fact, all those elected officials kept getting paid, mm -hmm. kept their benefits, kept every everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. And what? A little more gap between the groups? Hmm, interesting. Um, you know, and then fingers start pointing at this and that. What, more division? Mm -hmm. Huh, interesting. You know, um, and, and, and so I, 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 oh, look at that, it's a coffee girl. <laughs> so much, so, so many things I believe that if we were to really take these central issues, mm -hmm. let's see, our founding fathers, they were flawed. Okay, they had all kinds of issues, all kinds of problems. Today, they would be horrible people by a lot of measures. However, they recognized some things, and they stood up for some things in ways that we haven't and won't, and I don't know if we ever will. I hope we do, but they did. They recognized certain truths to be self-evident. That every one of us, and even if they didn't necessarily believe it, 
the way that they stated it, they stated it. And they stated a simple truth, that all men are created equal, endowed by certain rights by their creator, period. That's all. There wasn't, like, except for those guys. And there wasn't except for those guys. And there wasn't especially those guys. It was a blanket statement. And somewhere between then and now, we haven't demanded that. Like, it's right there in our founding documents, okay? Like, if you if you create a company, especially a nonprofit, you issue a mission statement and you have organizing documents and you declare to the world and to the government that this is who you are and this is what you're doing. And in the future, if you're ever held accountable through a lawsuit or whatever, you're going to rely upon those documents to say, well, I was behaving in a manner that was according to these statements that I made. Well, I don't know. What am I missing? Like, it's been 250 years since we said this. What, what's, what's up? Okay, so, all right. Now, I guess we've killed enough people. We've oppressed enough people. We've decimated enough lives. We've systemically and generationally caused so much havoc and damage that now we're waking up. Okay, cool. <coughs> Here's what I have to say about all that. How about we just go right back to that original statement. We're all endowed by our creator, certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, rights to property, all these things that we were... We've all agreed on. Yeah. All men are created equal. All right. I can deal with that. How about you? You deal yeah, with that? Absolutely. Okay. We can even toss into a uh, cause no harm to each other. Me loving. I don't know. You can you can take it one more little piece if you bit, want yeah. to. What if we just left it there? Wow. And held everything to that. Yeah. Like, couldn't we do that? Couldn't we hold every law, every action, mm-hmm. every incursion, everything that gets done to that? But we don't, and we haven't. And so I just want to maybe, I don't know, if anybody is, is, is hearing this and getting what I'm saying and you're interested in, 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 in taking this, okay, here's my fear. And I don't have a lot of fears. I have very little fear. In fact, I really don't have any fears. It's my concern. I'm not going to be afraid of it, but I'm going to be concerned of it. We have come to places like this many times. Not this one specifically, and maybe this is the one that keeps going. But we get upset, we get angry, we get disturbed, we get motivated, we get inspired, we get whatever it is. It could mean the Lakers won the second championship in a row and everybody goes nuts. It could mean Rodney King's offending officers that beat the crap out of them got acquitted. Mm-hmm. could be that. It could be the stuff that happened in Ferguson. It could be, and it goes on and on and on and on. But what happens? We get upset. We yell and scream for a little while. And eventually, we get sidetracked. The news mm-hmm. starts pointing their fingers at other things. And the next thing you know, even though these things are still going on, eventually we just get back to life. 
I want you all to know, and I, and I know that, that, that we're all feeling, you know, strong and empowered, and I, and I welcome and encourage that, and I, and I want that to be the case. Don't get me wrong. San Diego just approved money to add more funds to their police department, okay, just today or yesterday. So just because we're demanding it in this way that we're demanding it does not mean that they're going to give us what we want. And then we need to remember that, okay? These actions need to be followed up by a plan and more actions and more of a plan and more actions, and that is what the Walk for Change is about. And anybody who wants to help us to take this thing home, to finish the job, okay, we need to finish the job. These social reforms that we're asking for are, 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 not, are not just so simple as, you know, abolish all the police departments. You know, okay, that's easy to say. Here, call George and give him the phone number of the radio show. Um, we can lay out a basic demand like that, abolish the police department, defund the police. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's see what that plan looks like. What does that plan actually look like? And what is it that what is it that we want to see? What is the change we want to see in the world? What we actually want is to be treated like equals. Yeah. What we actually want is for law and order to mean something. What we actually want is not to be afraid of the law enforcement. That's what we want, right? We want to be able to look at a cop and say, "Well, that guy's got my back." Yeah. Now that guy's going to step on my back. And and, and maybe squeeze the life out of me, okay? And, and, and I think we've got to put our heads around those things. We want a world where nobody's locked up in prison for pot at all, ever, for any reason, okay? We want a world where we have the right to grow and ingest any kind of medicine that we want. What, 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 what the heck is wrong with you people, okay? So what if, what if, we got together and decided to take that home. What if we decided to march across America and make our actual plan be known? What if we were to lay out a multi-point plan that said, hey, this is what we want to see. We want to see it look like this, and here's how to get to it. And what do you say? What, what say you, elected officials? What say you candidates that are running for office at this moment? And I don't know. Maybe we can take that thing home. Maybe when we get to Washington, D.C., and we lay out a plan, a, a, a clear and, and definite plan that says, this is what we want, this is how we want to see it happen, and, oh, yeah, we're not going to stop until we get it. In fact, we're going to continue ramping up mm-hmm. our messaging. We're going to continue removing you for office that don't do what we're asking, and we're going to continue trying by putting new people in office and giving them a chance. I don't know. I think if we were to put ourselves together, all these different groups that are upset and marching and Mm -hmm. protesting and speaking out loud right now about this one issue, we're all tied together. They're all together. They're all connected. They're all woven together, and we could... We could and we can and we will make this thing happen, and I would love for you to be a part of it. So before we bring up our next guest, I want to just remind you guys, we have a town hall 
meeting coming up. We have some amazing guests. We have some amazing speakers. We have some civil rights leaders. We have some, some people that you really want to see. We have a newsletter that is telling you all about it. You can sign up for that newsletter, walknumber4change.us, and this is all happening right now. A week from this Sunday, on, or this Saturday, on June 20th, we're going to be having this virtual town hall meeting, and it's going to be powerful. And I'm going to be there, and I'm going to welcome you all to be there with us, and um, uh, that's all I can say. We're going to be making these changes, and it would really be great to see the leaders and the groups and a fellowship and a unity. You know, what is that old saying? United we stand, divided we fall. And what has our government been doing for the last, I don't know, since I've been around? It's been... Divided. All divided. That guy's bad. That We're good and that guy's bad. That's all you hear. And it doesn't matter what side you're on. It's we're good and now those guys are bad. And then if you're on that side of it, well, those guys are bad. If you're on that side of it, then those guys are bad. And that's mm-hmm. it. Well, we can't all be good and we can't all be bad. <laughs> so why don't we all agree to work together and accomplish some goals? So I'm asking you, you know, you can you can be out there doing your best and I can be out there doing my best together. We can do better than that. Together we can make the difference. Together we can make the changes we want to see in the world. Together we can make this happen. And what do you think, Carol? Ah, wow, Joe, that was um, a lot of good stuff. And um, I am honored to be here sitting next to this guy. (laughs) And I tell you, if he's walking by himself, it's going to get done. (laughs) Joe and I met, as he said, a little over a year ago, and um, I just looked into his eyes, and I saw love and truth, and I connected with that, and then learning about Walk for Change, I connected with Walk for Change and the things that I wanted to change, because, I mean, as quiet as it's kept, most of us are at home walking for change in our minds, but maybe we haven't found a home like Walk for Change, or maybe we haven't found a person like Joe who says it, means it, and will do it, as I said, even if he's the one walking from California to Washington, D.C. So in thinking about all that I've been, gosh, gone through, whether it was medical, whether it was anything racial, whether it was something professionally, um, I just connected with it. And so we're asking you to bring your heart. Bring your heart. Tell a friend and come with us and walk for change. Nothing is going to change unless it starts with us. And we're looking from left to right. We're seeing these things happen every day. And as we've all said through this recent upheaval with George Floyd, silence is complicit. Silence is an action. And so let's change that. Bring your, from the smallest, to the largest, from the youngest to the oldest in your family, challenge them. <clears throat> challenge them to come with you to walk for change. And um, let's have a groundswell. We always look to the lead politician or we always look to um, someone else. Maybe it's an influencer, a sports star, a Hollywood star. 
Well, we saw some of them come out, but they, what if all of them came out? Like they go to the Oscars. Can you imagine the groundswell? Can you imagine what Walk and Change can do if one of them or two of them attach themselves to it? Well, we can't wait anymore. Too much has happened. So we, the people in these United States, are going to get together. And maybe they needed us to lead. So we're taking it on with Joe and all of his leaders. And I'm excited, and I really just can't wait to see how this all um, comes together in these measurable um, ways of seeing change. And the promise is we're not going to just walk for change and go, what else is happening? We're going to walk for change. We're going to have things that we want to see, objectives. We're going to have a plan. We're going to take action on that plan, and we want to measure them. And, again, the other thing that we want to do is if we can't get people to come along with us that we voted into office, then we need to vote them out of office and do walking with our pencil and pen as well. So there's something that everybody can do, even if, like I said, from the youngest to the oldest. If you're wearing a T-shirt, wearing a ribbon, there's something you can do. So, Joe, thank you again for having me on the show. Um, Thank you for envisioning uh, the Human Solutions International because that the word human, you know, we all are, and we all really do care about one another. But for some reason, as you started with communication, why can't we just communicate that? Yeah. Why can't we sit and just talk it through? Well, I can't think of a reason. And then the bigger thing, you know, love does really conquer all. So Indeed. If you, as Joe said, we're kindred spirit, but we love one another. Yep. We're human. We were made that way. It's in us. And, and what causes it to not come out, I'm not sure. But walk in truth and love. Thanks again, Good. Joe. We're removing those yes. obstacles. Yes. And uh, we're taking it home. Yes. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Carol. All right, up next we got George Martirano. And George Martirano, if you don't know, is a longtime friend of the show. He's my brother from another mother. He's a man who spent 32-plus years in federal prison for pot. And uh, I met George when he was locked up, languishing in federal custody um, mm. five or six years before he was finally released. And he didn't get out because he got lucky. He didn't get out because justice just, let him out. He fought, and he fought, and he fought for 32 years, and he finally fought his way out. And, you know, stay in the course. That grit, I talk about grit all the time. Um, resolution, not giving up, you know, that is what makes the difference between success and failure. And George is a success by any stretch of any imagination. And uh, a dear friend, and I welcome you to the show today, George Martirano, welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. How are everybody out there? Hey, Liz. Hey, D.D. How's everybody? Uh, you know, we're all going through crazy times, you know, but uh, stay the course. Got to stay the course. Uh, all these cities, the problems. Uh, uh, I, tried to buy, I tried to buy a pair of sneakers. I couldn't get a pair of sneakers in this country. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, you can't. When you, when you suppress, suppress, two things happen. I've seen it all those years in prison. Either you lay down on the bunk, okay, and you give up, or you lash out. Well, America has lashed out, but my, what I'm doing, I'm taking this opportunity, uh, Joe, and I probably need your your thoughts on this. We'll contact, I'll contact you in a few days. Right now I've been traveling. I've been in Colorado, now Arizona, and I go to Nevada. I, what I'm doing is licensing the grow father. 
and it's doing. I think I did very well on this show. Okay. Uh, for the cannabis, cannabis industry, yes, and, uh, CBD and THC state. So uh, I'm definitely headed out that way. That's a, that's a, that's a sure. I'll let you know when. Since everything uh, since every everything uh, opened up, I was backed up. So as soon as everything opened up a little bit, I I've been traveling. But anyway, my uh, my idea, Joe, and I want to share this with everyone. You know, for me. You know, the bottom line, uh, the bottom line of power in this country are judges, federal judges. If you, if you know anything about that, they can overrule presidential order. So uh, the judges have to, uh, uh, I believe that the state judges and the, the federal judges have a judicial uh, conference or convention every year. And it's, uh, it's kept very close to the cuff. You know, they don't let you know too much about it. But that's where I need to speak, though. You need to get me in front of the judges. I agree. The judges, I agree. the judges understand we can't take any more, especially not only in the courts, but the rulings. I think it's time to listen. Like uh, this Kyle that just was on very, very, very profound speaking. Kyle, thank you. And she said it more than once in her speech for human beings. For human beings. And incidentally, Joe, when I, uh, I had some great, great news, you know, I'm under a contract to do my documentary, and these documentarians amazing uh, research and interviewing, and they found out something that I'll probably get a new trial, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, doesn't make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Because if I get a new trial, go into court, and get the right ruling, that it doesn't happen again, what they did to me. Wow. Wow, that's yeah, I found, I found shocking, shocking evidence. I can't bring it out right now, but when I get out west that day, I'll tell you, telling you is like telling a rock. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what Joe is out there, ladies and gentlemen. He's, they don't make them like him anymore. But anyway, uh, I think, Joe, we got to get in front of these judges. Got to get in front of these judges. Even if I start with the state, the state judges' uh, uh, convention, something. That, that, that's the power, ladies and gentlemen. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. If we can get the right, start getting the right rulings, the right court orders, I think we can, we American, can, America will survive. That's my opinion. Well, definitely a way in. You know, the, the, the three branches of government were separated on purpose, and um, it, it's, the, the judicial branch is just as powerful as the executive branch, and it has the the place where it can overrule either side. So, you know, if we can get, and you know, there's been a lot of legislation from the bench that uh, a lot of people are very critical of, but it's human nature. We we even though judges are supposed to be impartial and they're supposed to interpret the law, what does interpret mean? You're taking your yeah. personal. Yeah objectivity to your understanding of it and there's no way to become completely objective so I I agree if we can speak to this um, man you let me know what I can do and, and and how to support your effort I'm right there well like I said I just got to be asked I got to probably they have some kind of director when these jurisdictions judicial conventions state or fed get together and they're probably someone is deciding factor we can get me on the stage but that's what I'm asking. Speech in front of the—that's the power, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, in this country. Other than that, uh, 
Uh, I've been on the mountains in Colorado. I've been on the mountain foothills in Arizona. It's, it's important that, you know, you get up sometime of the day, uh, early or in the evening, and go find your mojo. Get your inner strength. Get your inner strength. I got inner strength from four walls for 32 years. So get your inner strength. Get yourself centered and move forward. And remember, don't run downhill. You know what? Where's is Liz? This is Liz listening. <laughs> is she listening? Liz, Liz is right in the other room. Well, just tell her I listened to her. I went and bought hiking boots. I went and bought oh, hiking good. boots, and I wrapped the ankle, and I got the, your good. CBD, your CBD uh, stick, mental good. stick. So I rubbed that. Yeah, I listened to Liz. She told me. She don't talk too much, but when you say something, you better listen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, George. Well, always a pleasure right. to hear from you. And uh, right, I'm excited to watch, uh, you know, you starting to, to take root and get things going. It's, it's really exciting to watch that all happen. Yeah, well, I'm definitely booked for August. Well, I'm definitely booked for here. California for August. Yes. Okay, all right. I'll all see right, you guys soon. Take care. I'll be on the show before that. Whoops, sorry. I think we cut you just a little bit early, but always, always a pleasure to have George join the show. All right. Well, we are actually officially out of time, but I have a magic time machine that I can postpone things for just a moment. So we're going to do kind of a lightning round. we got Mike and Sarah up. Uh, Mike and Sarah are chapter coordinators from our Kansas chapter, and Mike is running for office right now. We're going to get a little update. We got Dana Bland from Missouri. Um, Dana's a chapter coordinator out of Missouri, and I was hoping we were going to get um, um, Glenn Keeling to give us an update about his case. He was either going to negotiate a deal or give us an update, and um, he didn't make it to the show today. So hopefully everything's all right. And before we get over to Mike and Sarah, I just want you guys. Uh, to, to put in your heart, put in your mind, say a prayer, think a good thought, visualize. Uh, Becca Nichols has been going through some horrible uh, uh, physical issues. She just had a major neck surgery. I believe it was her seventh in, in, in her lifetime, and she's recovering from that. Next thing you know, she goes to the ER because of some abdominal pain, comes to find out she's got an infected appendix, and this morning, uh, she had emergency appendix surgery. So um, we we need Becca, all right? I don't know if you guys are even aware of all the work she does, but she is, um, for all intents and purposes, my right hand in all of the things that we do, and um, we need her healthy. So time to take a minute, say a prayer, think your thoughts. Um, we need her healthy, so remember Becca. All right, so we got Mike and Sarah from Kansas joining us next. And uh, I know there's a lot of important things been happening. Tell us what's been going on. Well, Joe, uh, I feel like we've been killing it out here. Um, you know, my race is a, a, three-way pri- a three-way race, and there's only a primary. So whoever wins the primary is in. Um, and right. I've and even, if, even, even, and even if I lose this race, I've sat down with some of Kansas' top legislators. Uh, I've sat down with, you know, and had one-on-one meetings with them because of the position this has put me in. 
And some of them now know what an endocannabinoid system that had no idea what it was. You know, right. <laughs> you know right. I got to sit, I got to sit down with these guys and talk about how I own a percentage of a marijuana grow, but we're sitting here kicking in kid people's doors and taking children out of homes. You guys, this is part of why America's on fire. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so the message got has at least gotten heard in some very important places, you know. So I feel good about the campaign also, though. You know, I've been uh, working with different organizations who've been reaching out for to ask, if, see if they're going to endorse me and stuff like that. Um, lots been going on. So when is the primary? August 2nd or 4th. Excellent, excellent. Well, we got a little bit of time, and, uh, you know, obviously I, I will uh, uh, put my endorsement for you. We just need to determine what it needs to look like, and uh, once I do, I'll reach out to all those that I'm connected to, and, and we'll start getting those things stacking up on you. Yeah, that'd be great, you know. Um it's uh it, it's it's developing good. You know, I've had to uh, you know, I've been I put my uh, felony record out there for everybody, you know. I sat down with leadership and said, "Hey, this is what I've been through. This is what makes me an asset and uh you can choose to use this or not." You know what I mean? But it's there and I think uh I've gotten approvals all the way across the board so far. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know, I if anybody gets to know somebody and you know, as I've gotten to know you, if you can look somebody in the eye, spend a day or two with them, and, and, and get a feel for what they're about, what sees what drives them, what causes them to to, to move, and what causes them to stay fixed, um, it really doesn't matter what's in your past. You know, we're all we're all flawed. Number one, we've all made mistakes, and some of some folks got caught more than others, and some folks have been punished more than others, yeah. but. You know, I, I I just can't imagine who would pick up that first song and feel good about it. <laughs> you know, so I you know yeah. I think it's really about where are we at now. What are we about now? And that's that's the thing about humanity uh, that makes us unique. And so um, I look forward to watching this unfold. It's exciting uh, to see uh, you and and uh, uh, Sharon and a couple of other people I know that are that are in the fray running for office and. And watching that process and being part of it, uh, it's exciting. We're, we're, we're taking the ball into our own court now, and we're saying, well, we're going to bring it to you this time and see what happens. So, um, Well, well Joe, it's a, it's, a real good, it's a real good time right now, Joe, because everybody's looking for answers, and we provide solutions at the Human Solution. I'm not just bitching about problems. I'm telling them how we can fix it. Indeed, indeed, and I think that that's what we need. I think that that's what we've always needed. You know, uh, the, the difference between a politician's stump speech saying, if I'm elected, I'll give everybody a bunch of stuff and not have that plan for it and, and, and really not have any way that that could even be accomplished as opposed to, well, I tell you what, i got a seven-point plan, and here's what it looks like, here's where the money's going to come from, and here's where it's going to go to, what's the problem? I think I think that if if we can get you and a few others into office and begin to demonstrate that kind of leadership, that kind of 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 representing, you know, remember you're you're running for the office of a representative, yeah. right? Not not of a, of a of a I don't know an overlord. Uh, we 
the king tyrant. We elect representatives. Your job is to represent these people in the way that they wish to be represented, period. That's all. And I think if we started doing that and and started to command that, that that's what, it, that's what the job is, not anything else, that. And I don't know. I think we can take this back. I really believe we can. You know, initially um, political offices were not designed to be lifetime offices. They were not designed to be held for 30-plus years. They were designed to be held for a, for a term or two and then get back to your life. And I think that if we can get back to that and turn the office back into something that means something, back into mm-hmm. something that is respected, an office, uh, an elected official should be respected, not, not, I don't know what they are today. I think they're anything but that. I think yeah. we generally don't respect our elected officials because they haven't earned it. So I think you guys have, you have a chance yeah. to turn that around to begin, to begin that new legacy of. I don't know, politics not being a bad word. What if it wasn't a bad word? Yeah, we hope so, Joe. Um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I've got, you know, at the at the end of the day, no matter what, i got a 30% chance right now. <laughs> and I'm it. from the I district, it. so I know all my constituents a lot. You know, I don't well, know. I think we got a real good shot, though. Let me know. Uh, give, me a, give me an outline of do's and don'ts for, a, um, for an endorsement, and um, I'll get recording. Okay, sounds good. I appreciate it. All right, thank you so much. All right, Mike Webb and Sarah Stormont from the Kansas chapter of the Human Solution International and also a candidate for a state senate in Kansas. Wow. Yep. All right, we got Dana Bland up next, and Dana is a chapter coordinator from the Hope for Change at the End of Prohibition chapter out of Missouri. And I got the state right this time. Dana, how are you doing today? We're running a little bit late on time, but uh, I'm going to get everybody in like we always do. Okay, we're doing better uh, uh, on this end. Uh, yeah, it's, it's. I think America is starting to see what losing their freedom is all about, and it scared them. And uh, what's happening in Ohio and in Kansas with uh, Glenn and Peggy Sue, and then uh, there in Kansas, uh, uh, it, it about makes me sick. Uh, but the, what's going on in Ohio, what this country's done, they take and turn around, and when they arrest someone, they'll arrest your wife just to make them uh, a hostage over your head until you kneel to them and do what they want. And what that's what they're trying to do with Glenn and Peggy Sue up there. And an update for their cases, it was continued again to the 29th. So uh, we're, we're, I, I put in my opinion uh, of what they should do. I told them in no way ever should they take that kind of deal. That's just going to destroy and obliterate their family no matter what they do. They'll lose their benefits. It's not going to work. And the only reason they've lasted this long pushing this stupid case over two grams of oil is because they don't have a case and they broke the law to start this case to begin with. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, prosecutor's job is to exact justice and to uh, prosecute cases where crimes have been committed and they have the power and authority to choose the cases that they go after and the ones they don't. And 
know, I, I keep watching time and time again. They go after these frivolous, petty cannabis cases where it's like, well, what do you hope to gain? But, you know, a lot of times it's pride. It's, it's They think they got an easy kill, and, and they're mm-hmm. used to everybody just rolling over. And then when somebody stands up and fights, um, it, it, it rocks their world a little bit, and they dig in. And I think that's what's happening here. So, well, Dana, um, I appreciate everything. You, you are... Um, Helping out so much out, out there in Missouri, and you've, you've helped so many people with their cases as you just recently come off uh, winning your own. Uh, somebody wants to get connected to you or get involved with the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter of the Human Solution International, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, we're the End of Prohibition, uh, Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition, Human Solutions International chapter here in Missouri. All you have to do is contact me on Facebook. I got a few pages on there, and uh, my phone number is 417-847-7974. And if we don't hear from you, we don't know that you have a case. So contact us or someone else in this country uh, to get help and from the beginning so we can get a good start to try to help. Indeed, and that's such an important message. If so many people believe that a group like ours um, because we've been able to do so much good over the years, somehow just knows you, you have a case and that we've got this network of whatever, anything we want. And the truth is we're a bunch of volunteers that all have regular jobs and regular lives, and, and we do this because it's important and we do this when it's needed and we do this when we know about it. And it, it, it is um, on you, whoever's going through these these tragedies, many of us have been through it, and we know that if we weren't reaching out, if we weren't uh, standing up for our own rights and reaching out for help, there wouldn't have been any. So, you know, put the effort out, and we'll certainly be there. We've got your back. All right, thank you so much, Dana, and thank you for being here, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Candice Dyer, you are going to be live on the air in a second. I've got Candice, who has become uh, one of our rising stars, and, um, you know, I met Candace, I don't know, I guess a little over a year ago. And, um, you know, she comes in from this little group out of Texas, the Cannabis Open Carry Walk. And she she came in. It was actually, I think, I met her through the through the Walk for Change, the initial, when I first got started organizing it. And it was almost... You met like, her through me. I met her through Bobby Rodrigo. Of course oh, I met her through Bobby Rodrigo. I met everybody through Bobby Rodrigo. Anyways, regardless of how I met her, uh, she's become an important part in the work that we're doing. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that people need to understand as an advocate, as an, as, a, as an activist, as somebody who wants to make a difference, one of the most important things that you can do, number one, is say I'm willing to help and actually just show up. And you don't have to necessarily be good at everything. You don't have to necessarily know how to do everything, but to be willing and to care and to show up and to just do what you say uh, goes so far. And Candace has uh, exemplified that. And not that she's good at a lot of things, but she's been willing to jump in um, in plenty of things she didn't know how to do. And she said, well, I'll come in and figure it out. And uh, she's here screening our calls today um, as one of those things. And... Um, I know that you guys just had an event this last weekend, and Candace, welcome to the show. I want to hear a little bit about what's happened recently. 
Thank you so much, Joe. Yes, we had an amazing walk this weekend. We actually um, had the Arlington Police contact us, which was really awesome. Um, They were very good to us. They came and checked us out. We met a lot of great new people, and as always, our Arlington walks, uh, we love them. They had a lot of honking, and uh, we had 420 Den, um, Uncle Phil come out, and then we had Farrah Hunter with... uh, uh, sorry, they just changed their name, KM420 Radio, and I mean, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. It was really hot. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Yeah, Texas does that from time to time, so I, right. uh, I, I can appreciate that. I live in a place, it was 100 degrees where I was at today, so I, uh, wow. I, 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 I we, we get plenty of that heat as well, mm-hmm. um, but you guys get all the humidity with it. Usually ours is a lot drier, so you're... Your 100 degrees compared to ours is not the same. Um, well, Kenneth, you've been so helpful in so many things, and, and uh, you know, we've been working together on the Walk for Change now for coming up on a year now, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's great to see all the progress we've been making and all of the uh, new alliances and friendships and uh, uh, so many new people that have been coming into our circle as a result of uh, all of this good work we've been doing. Oh, it's amazing. It, that's the only way we're going to be able to do this is if we unite y'all. Y'all come join us for this Walk for Change. Go to www.walknumber4change.us. Sign up as a volunteer. You can carry your flag for your organization along the walk with us um, and just show out and show your support. Absolutely. And if you keep out hanging with these folks like I have, you're going to start saying, oh, y'all, and uh, I, I've been finding myself doing that more and more, and um, so just get get ready for it. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah well, I can't th- wait. It's going to be so much fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Candace Dyer, folks, a rising star in the Human Solution International Walk for Change and Cannabis Open Carry Walks. All right, <laughs> here we go. We're 17 minutes over time, just enough time to get Tom Corby in to slide it into home and uh, send us off on our way. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Well, uh, uh, thank you. And, and a star. Top of our radio show. All those today. Hey. Uh, Carry uh, on walking. Uh, for that talk, we need to beat bad laws, and that's why we walk for change. And our own vision all stand prohibition and free all our people. It all, it all, and you support support is so important when you come. For a defender. But you walk that courtroom, you have a team behind you. Believe me, the judge takes footage. Right now, uh, NorCal, a lot of friends have planted plans and really back down that other county uh, because. Paragraph. Best we do. 
Tom, we have the worst signal ever. I can hear like every other word you said. Oh, how about now? That's a little better. How about how about now? Well, I'm down in Horrorville. <laughs> I'm sitting in a parking lot, so uh, I'll try to speak up here closer. Is that better? Yeah, that's a little better. Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, uh, I always like to share, and, and Joe's always stressed. We always take them to trial. If more people would take them to trial, we wouldn't be here today. So we found Donna said they the ox rule, and Joe Kelly would right that we still want to have our recommendation when we're growing. Uh, our plants, we're over the six, a lot of plants. We always stress keep it under keep it under 99 plant rule and have those doctor recommendations up to date. Code enforcement comes in, you send it. You want it recorded, and uh, we back them down. You right there, have your no trespass. Out, 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 out on the uh, coast of the reef, 50 to 100 yards, and that's that's what backs them down. So always stand around, and we never plea bargain. We always get our discovery, and well, the 995 most on probable cause, most cases. Or one right there. There, There's no probable cause. Thank you all again today. I just want to mention Nick Branch. He was the biggest pull of Quito in Butte County. And and when we when we cases dismissed and quitted, that's Mr. Bacon. I want to thank you all again today. My wife Donna will always, always don't forget to breathe. Well, you betcha. I'm going to take a deep breath on your behalf and appreciate you being here. And uh, I will certainly talk to you next week. Thank you, Tom Corby. All right, folks, it's been another great show. Um, as always, uh, the time machine was needed. <clears throat> and. Um, we're going to keep on marching. we got next week another uh, another show. If you'd like to be a guest on this show, uh, get to the Human Solution website, thsintl.org, and uh, there's a Cup of Joe page right there. You can sign up to be a guest. And please consider being a part of the Walk for Change, walk4change.us. Uh, sign up. Be a volunteer. Catch the... Uh, newsletters that are coming at you, press releases. A lot of things are happening. We're building momentum. We're gaining sponsors. And I certainly uh, would love to have you be a part of it. And uh, I believe uh, old Mr. Nelson might think so, too. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Things I should have said and done You were always on